Father, we are so thankful to be here today, to be able to gather and remember the things in your promises that you promised, that Jesus promised while he was here. I pray that you would help us never to lose sight of those things because we know that's what will motivate us to do your work in this lifetime. So I pray that that's where we're found. We're so thankful now to be able to hear from your word because we know that that will change us. We know that it changes us from the inside out, which is a long-lasting change, nothing external pushing on us and something that would break down eventually. So we pray that um, you would work with us, your spirit would come in and uh, work in our hearts as we hear from your word today and do uh, what he does. We pray that you'd help us now in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It's a wonderful time of worship, true? Thank you, AJ, Alexa, and the rest of the team. Here's the thing, Alexa's grandfather was my first employer, Harold Whitaker. I was 14 years old. I lied to him to get the job. I was unsaved. I've now confessed that to you all. It was pretty funny because he hired me in April and my birthday was in June. And they were looking at me like, wait, we hired you when you were 14? I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was surprised. What a cool thing. It makes you realize that you're getting older. When, when his granddaughter's up here uh, helping us worship our God. What a cool thing also to have these folks coming back, and we still have people abroad on the uh, missions field. The Guatemala team is back. We're thankful for that. Great reports coming in. Good to have Pastor Justin back with us and others. The team that was in the Philippines from B. Bold Street Ministries um, are back, and some of them are here, right? So we're thankful for that. And they've got to be really tired. Over 3,000 people came to know the Lord in the Philippines. So that's cool. And prisons and schools. Thank you, Lord. The teams from Monument, Ukiah are back. We're thankful for all that happened over there and, and great reports. I think there was 10 baptisms in Ukiah uh, two nights ago. So that's awesome. We've got a team in Latvia right now and another team that will be heading off in August um, to, over to, uh, where's that place? Halfway? Is that what it's called? Halfway to nowhere, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and so in the midst of that, we also leave for the Navajo Reservation um, this next Saturday. So if you guys will be praying for us, we appreciate that, all of you. Um, there are cards. If you'll pick one up on that missions table over there to remember to pray for us, we'd love for you to grab one of those and be praying for us as we take off to go to a new location on the Navajo Reservation. Uh, men, we're also going to have a, a men's study coming up July 21st at 7 a.m. called the Overcomer Self-Reflection. And we just sang about being an overcomer, true? So in the midst of that, it'll be a six-week study to get us ready for the fall. And looking forward to kicking that off after we get back from the Navajo Reservation. You have your notes? We've been going through this progression from faith to moral excellence to knowledge to self-control. We're in 2 Peter chapter 1. And actually, your passage is in 2 Peter. Uh, it's in your... It's in your uh, Notes. I wanted that so that before we go to reading it, you'd be able to actually grab a pen. And if there's something that really stands out to you, because I, I only get to share a bit of this, but if there's something in this that really clicks with you, that's even beyond this, we're going to be looking at self-control. You know, underline it, circle it, muse upon it. Think about what this passage is saying. It's beautiful. It's gold. It's amazing. And we're going to be touching on some of it this morning, but we can't hit all of it. And so we're going to read that together in just a moment. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. 
for each person that's here, uh, souls, uh, your precious ones made in your image. Uh, some folks have, have come in here and they don't know you yet completely. They, they, they know you're there, but they haven't placed their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior yet. And we're thankful they're here with us. And you know exactly who they are because it, it's you that drew them here. And then some of us as princes of heaven and princesses of heaven sitting here, literally your children, as we're about to go into your word, uh, we need our hearts and our minds refreshed. We, we've been brought from death to life, and now every day we've got to remember these things that, that would bring us to this completeness, to have these Christ-like qualities. We're asking for that. So save those who came in here not knowing you yet and refresh all of us who do know you so that we might live a life that's pleasing to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, in your notes it says, when you hear the term self-control, what do you think of? Do you think of restraint or is it the ability to say no? Do you think of that kid at the grocery store the other day or a loved one's driving style? Regardless of what any of us conjure up in our mind when we hear the term, we can be sure that God has a very important meaning for us to glean as we look into his word this morning. The unflappable life has self-control as a part of it. In our series, we have progressed from faith to moral excellence, moral excellence to knowledge, and knowledge to now self-control. Let's look at this important quality of the Christian life and ask this question. What is there about this Christ-like character quality that is necessary for me that I may not stumble, but walk with God, bringing him glory until I enter his kingdom? Will you stand with me and we'll read this passage together? If you can stand, if you can't, don't worry about that. That is fine. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our, and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Isn't that good? Amen. Now, for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. And that's a promise. For, the, for in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Therefore, because of everything we just read, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is eminent. 
as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. It's a goal for us, true? Amen. You may be seated. To be able to recall these things to mind, to be able to take every day and to be able to reflect on what a passage like that says and to be able to walk a life that is spirit-led. You, you, none of you would want the Matt McCollin-led life. You, you wouldn't. It, but what, but what, what happened at 22 years old, you know, after I had left A&W restaurants and then worked for Alda Baker at Figaro's Pizza, who was a believer, working for him, I came to know Christ at 22 years old. And what happened was the corpse of Matt McCollin, it, it went away. Because I was dead. And what happened in hearing the gospel and having Christians around me and, and coming to know Christ in addiction, high functioning, I could work and I worked pretty hard, but it was all about me. The unholy trinity, I've said this before, me, myself, and I, right? You read a passage like that and you, start, you, you come to some conclusions. I can't go backwards. I've got to keep progressing in this. And, and to God's glory, that has continued. And in that, we get to do this together. I, I count it a great privilege. I don't take for granted the fact that I get to do this with you because I know where I come from. I remember. And so I, I count it a great miracle to be standing with you. And I look at a passage like that, and it's stirring. When Pastor Justin began our series, we were challenged that this passage represents building blocks of a faith that brings God glory through his power. And the Christian who builds up their faith in this way, that person will never stumble. When you just read that, what impacted you from the text? You don't, you don't need to yell that out. That's for you inside. Was there anything that stood out? Because we're going to look at self-control today, but was there anything else that stood out? Anything that as you were reading that the Spirit of God went there? That's important. Because that's what this is about. It is the, the Word of God hitting our hearts and minds. When we read it, it does something. It's supernatural. We don't worship this book, but we worship the author of this book. Amen? When, when you read these precious promises that he has for you, do you want them? How many of you want grace and peace to be multiplied to you in your knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus? Does anybody want to raise their hand that they don't? You know? <laughs> no, I do not want that. Yeah, so, so in that, yeah, we want that. Okay, well, he's telling us how to get it. Who here wants a life that is useful and fruitful before God, the creator who is outside time and space, who knows you down to the strands of the DNA that make up the fiber of your being, who knows you to the dopamine that fires off in your neurotransmitters that was placed in you. Remember Timothy Lane last week, if you were here, brought up dopamine? It's this reward center. I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. I grab it, I get a reward. Dopamine. Poof. That's in you. It was there for a reason, and it wasn't about habits, and it wasn't about addiction. It was about worship. We, we got wired. It was put in us to be worshipers. It was put on us to read a passage like that and have dopamine fire off inside of us. Reward. These neurotransmitters were placed inside of us for a reason. They were not placed inside of us randomly. They were placed there by the living God so that we might seek him out because he's our reward. Amen? Amen? I really love that he brought that up. Remember that Pastor Justin said when he kicked off this series that faith in Christ begins this, it, it, it begins this journey. Faith in him. Faith that he died for how many of our sins? 
all of them, past, present, future, that he was buried and rose again on the third day. We, we, put, we build on that rock. He, he brought up that that begins it all. And then in the midst of that, you add moral excellence. And then what he brought us there, in the, begin, the beginning of this building blocks, moral excellence, the term in the Greek is know exactly who you are and be excellent at it. Peter's saying to us believers, know who you are, Christian, and let the power of God flow through you to be all that he wants you to be. Remember his illustration of the speedboat? That the, the water skier holds tight. He's tethered to that boat. The boat is the energy that drags the water skier, and the boat's not going to let the water skier run into stuff that it shouldn't run into. But that energy is dragging us, taking us someplace. It's God. We hold tight. We're diligent to hold tight. It's a great illustration. So we expend energy holding tightly to God, desiring his excellence for our life. Now, Timothy Lane then brought us last week knowledge. Add to your, from, to your, from your moral excellence, move to knowledge. Know what God's word says. The term there is Sophia, wisdom. And in that, it's you know what God's word says, and then you're skillfully applying it so that you can live this life out for his glory. And, and then we now move to self-control. What was it that came into your mind when I said self-control? When you looked at the notes there, was there something that came up in your mind? Because Hebrews chapter 4, 12 through 16 says, you have a great high priest who sympathizes with your weaknesses. Amen. He was tempted in every way, yet without sin, so that you might be able to come with confidence to the throne of grace. We, we don't have to live in the midst of those habits that God is saying, moral excellence looks like this. And now that you know my word, it looks like this. And now what you can do through my power as I'm moving you through life, it'll look different. So we, we come then to self-control. The word there is kratos, might, strength, dominion, or power. An inward battle that is won in God's power. But this is strength from him. Now, now catch this. This is strength from him to do, not just to not do. Do you remember what our Savior said in Matthew chapter 22, 34 through 40? Somebody asked him, it was a lawyer, and he was trying to reason with Jesus, and he said, what are the greatest commandments? Teacher? And Jesus said, to love your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law depends upon those two commandments, is what Jesus said. Ooh, well-spoken, teacher. Did you notice something about those two commandments? Those aren't thou shalt nots. Those are thou shalts. The, do this. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself, and all the shalt nots go away. Amen. So self-control, this inner strength, is not just about what we don't do. It's more about what we do so that we won't do. Galatians chapter 5, 23 brings up self-control. It's, it's, it's 22 and 23. It takes us from love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. From love to self-control, a package deal. That's not fruits of the Spirit. That's fruit. That's like an orange. That's like an orange with a peel, with a bunch of parts inside. It's not an apple and then like a pear. It's not fruits. 
It's fruit. It's one package deal. And to live this life out by means of the Spirit, it will look like something. And self-control is there. It's a fruit. The Spirit of God produces it. And so as we talk about that this has more to do with the do's rather than the do nots, the whole of the law being made up of those two commandments, we can then look at self-control a little differently this morning. True? Because ultimately, when we look at it correctly, it's not about white-knuckling it or just trying harder. It's really about who we're focused on, what we're filling ourselves up with that leaves no room for the don'ts. You, ladies in this room, if you know Christ, are princesses of heaven. Men, if you are in this room, you are princes of heaven. The reality is that when you came to know Jesus Christ personally, you were adopted into his family and you are now children of God. Sons and daughters. With his power behind you. With all the king's power behind you. And so whatever we've come in here today with, as we're looking at this progression to attain these Christ-like qualities, we can, as children of the king, go to his throne with confidence. Because if we'll seek him first and love him first, everything changes. We'll see people differently. Will you turn with me? There's only one place we're going to turn scriptures today, and it's Colossians chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there. If you have your phones, please start doing whatever you do. (laughs) We looked at this passage last Monday at the most excellent way. As we were talking about submission. Submission is self-control, true? Because if our king says to do something and we as his princess or prince look at the king and say, yes, that's submission. But that's also an inner strength that looks at what the king says is more important than anything else that we have around us to listen to. And so ultimately, submission is self-control. It's a spirit-led product of loving the king and caring about what he says more than anything. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind... On things above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Are you looking forward to that? Amen. That's going to be way better, by the way. We have a, a man that is, is in, I think he's in the service. But every time I ask him, you know, how are you doing? He says, not heaven yet. But, but we can be thankful, right? Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality and impurity and passion, evil desire and greed, which amounts to idolatry, false worship, right? Dopamine. Seriously, that's what false worship is. You're seeking something that's going to fulfill you, and you think there's a reward there, and so you, you're reaching out for it, and, and uh, you touch it. And it's not as rewarding as you thought it would be. It amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them, you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self 
who is being renewed in a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, by the way, a Scythian's like a northern, a southern Russian marauder, terrible person, slave and freeman. But Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put love, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom and teaching, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness to, in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Great passage, true? Amen. Do, do you catch something? If, if we'll keep our eyes and set our minds on things above, we will stop dragging the corpse into the room with us. Believer. Because the corpse coming into the room smells bad, just so you know. It's dead. It accomplishes nothing. He's saying, no, leave that behind. Walk in Christ. Be about the dues. When you enter the room, then, there's a sweet aroma. When you enter the room, wisdom comes out of you. You're understanding Christ. You're understanding the Father. You know his word. You understand moral excellence. But in the midst of this, I'll give you the strength to walk into the room and be a completely different person than what you used to be. That's all done. Walk with Christ. I wanted to give you some illustrations here. Uh, we'll, we'll pull up this sweet lady. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I said that one, right? Yeah, we're good. Let's pull up that picture. Uh, that's a saint here at Salem Heights, Teresa Johns. You know that I worked with Teresa at A&W also? She was a waitress there. I got my wife at A&W. Everything goes back to A&W. Seven degrees back to A&W. <laughs> this uh, lady that we love and, and was a waitress when I was just getting into assistant managing at A&W, um, we both were unsaved at that time. Hadn't met Lori yet. We were both unsaved. We just worked together. She's, she's fighting cancer right now. I was, I was praying, God, will you please give me an illustration that will help illustrate this concept. If, you, if you're about the do's, then the do-nots fall off. And you, you don't have to be so hard about, oh, I just got to stop this. It's more about if I focus on you. Well, she went into chemo for the first time, and Teresa ha has admitted, and, and if you've talked to Teresa and know her, she doesn't really like interacting with adults. It's just something, she doesn't like it. She loves working with kiddos. She loves working with kids, but she doesn't like, it's not that she doesn't like adults. She loves you all. You know, don't take that personally. She just doesn't like talking to you. What she experienced was the self-control to say, yes, I love as Christ loves. Because when she walked into the first time in chemo, she had her headphones, and she had her book, and she had music to listen to, and she just went to self. And she got done with her first chemo treatment, and as she left, she had a deep conviction, that is not what God has called me to do. What he's called me to do is be available in this room for those who are also fighting cancer to hear about Jesus Christ. So the next time she went, she took the headphones off and she began to engage people. And one lady asked her why she was there and she says, I'm fighting breast cancer. And she smiled 
And the lady said, why did you just smile? And she was able to share Christ with her. The hope that she has in her Savior, not in this life. Because she said yes, she walked into a good work. Changed the room. What, what she struggled with because she went to the yes of what God wanted, took care of the no, automatically. Paul said to Timothy this, flee these things, O man of God, and pursue righteousness. Do you know that if you're actively pursuing Christ, you're automatically fleeing that? So in the midst of this, she changed the room. But you know, the strength to say no also comes up. It's important. I love God more than that. The strength to say no. I love God more than that. Now, I was preaching last summer, and I told you all I hate it when I get lied to. And I got that reaction. It was very quiet in here. And I, I, I made the point that my scale had been lying to me every morning as I stepped on it. <laughs> I thought I was overweight at 255 pounds. And I had gone to Lori and said, Lori, I really believe that if I don't get a handle on this at 53 years old, this thing, I get injured, whatever, I'm not going to get a handle on this. And I, I asked God, I said, God, if you help me overcome all these addictions, this whole past life, I, I'm really believing now that you can help me with this. And I'm really asking you, Lord, to help me with this. So I went to my wife and I said, hey, you get Weight Watchers for free through the school district. Can we go do Weight Watchers? Would you do it with me? Sure, we'll do it with you. Yeah, I'll do it with you. And then I went to that first meeting, and they put me on that scale, and this nice little lady that I've never met before went, oh, 268. Well, that's a good start. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I didn't even want to start. <laughs> I wanted to stop. <laughs> but here's what I found, is this principle worked because God was in it, and ultimately, I, I, I sent this picture to a friend that was saying, well, what are the kind of stuff you ate? What I learned to do, what we learned to do, and I'm not going to Weight Watchers anymore, is this. I pursue, you know, what? Eat what you should so you can eat what you want, Matt. Pursue this, get full on that, and stay full on it all day. And guess what you don't do? You don't eat that anymore. It wasn't, it wasn't about, oh, no, I'm going to have to give up pizza and spaghetti and everything good. I'm going to have to eat crud. That wasn't it. It was, if you'll eat the right stuff and fill up on it, you won't be eating that because you're full. That's the Lord, folks. It's about, yes, I can say no to that because I'm filling myself up with him. I know, Lord, I love you more than that. Look what you've done for me. You take me from darkness to light. You let your son come into this yucky planet and live a perfect life for me, to go to the cross for me. We fall in love with that. It changes everything. But there's one other one that can really keep us from ever actually reaching out in self-control, and that's fear. B because ultimately, the strength from within is God giving us the strength, true? And when we don't believe he's going to do it out of fear of failure or of fear of rejection, or you name the fear, there's all kinds of fears. Remember when Pastor Justin brought up uh, that, that, that clean room? I think it was the first... We, we started this. He showed a picture of like a clean room. Look at that room. Look how clean that room is. Monk would love that room. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Monk would love that room. You remember this guy? You know, it's the jungle out there. Disorder and confusion everywhere. No one seems to care. But I do. Hey, 
who's in charge here? Ooh, great statement, right? People say I'm crazy. To worry all the time? If you paid attention, you'd be worried too. If you don't pay attention, then this world you love so much might just kill you. I could be wrong now, but I don't think so. <laughs> when we go back and we look at a television program that had a guy that was afraid of 312 things, ladybugs, milk, ladders, shaking hands, wipe. This man had built, he was a selfish man. If you ever watch the show, he's absolutely selfish. Everything in him was to build a safety net around him. Yet, he would walk in the room and he had a talent. He called it a gift and a curse. A talent to look in and be able to discover what is in the room. He sees it all, but then he sees it all. A gift and a curse. We are supposed to keep our eyes on Christ and not let fear get in the way of us knowing that he's going to do it. The power to overcome fear. I love what used to repulse me. Now, this repulse is an interesting word. It can be to drive back by force someone who is hated or you're being fought against. Is there somebody in your life that you're supposed to show up for as an ambassador, but you're, you have a fear of being repulsed? Or are there people around you that repulse you? That literally, in you, I don't want that. The issue becomes, if Jesus, when he says, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, and this is the whole of the law, and self-control is going to be that. And then you'll be about the do's, and the do-nots will fall off. He wants to give us the power to not be afraid. He wants to give us the power that, that we're not going through life looking for a dopamine fix. And as you walk by, you can't help but do this to... Whew. Remember, Monk used to do that. Walking by lamppost. Oh, reward. Oh. He wants us to find all of that in him and not be afraid of what's around us because he owns our days. He's walking you into all the good works that he's prepared beforehand for you to walk into. He just wants you to have absolute confidence that he'll do it and do it through you. Self-control comes from strength that knows that. Dopamine's in there for a reason. I was reading an article on dopamine. Uh, It it said this in um, uh, Science for Students. Because of its roles in reward and reinforcement, dopamine helps us focus on things Anything that's rewarding, after all, is usually well worth attention, is what the uh, article said. Anything that is rewarding, true, is well worth attention. The problem is, dopamine actually has a sinister side to it, doesn't it? Because what it can do is cause us to reach out to what we think will be rewarding and actually be afraid of that which. So you could be in a garden, have breath breathe into you, and the very first thing you ever saw was the living God. And, and he's actually laying out for you, now that I've created you, this is what I want for your life. And he says, you can, have, you can eat from 99.9% of the trees in the garden, just don't eat of that one, it's the knowledge of good and evil. And I'm convinced, we'll find out later, that eventually he would have allowed them to do that, they weren't ready for it. 
but he would come in the cool of the evening to walk with them and talk with them and enjoy fellowship with them. And when they wanted their dopamine fix to be something other than God showing up, they reached out and touched that which was not supposed to be touched. And they didn't make it about him. They went to the one thing he had said not to do. So moral excellence will be for us to understand God's will and his voice and to actually act upon what he has said to be about and to not touch that which he said don't touch because he knows better than us. And in the midst of this, they hid. Pick up on that story that once they touched, they ran from the one who breathed life into them. We have that in us. Don't drag that corpse around anymore, amen? Jesus Christ came to fix that. When the Lord put it on Teresa's heart to go back into that chemo room and be a princess of heaven, that was self-control. That's an example for all of us, amen? Because we literally are going out into a dying world. They're all dying. We, we, that moral excellence that leads to knowledge, that leads to self-control, it will go to perseverance. It will go to godliness. It will go to brotherly kindness. And it will go to love. God and love others. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. For each person here, Father, this love that you have shown the world in sending your only son, that whoever would believe on him will not perish. It's a promise but have everlasting life. I pray that if there's anybody in this room right now that has not placed their faith in Christ, that today's the day they say, that's it. I've got I've to follow him because when things broke because of this selfishness that reaches out after the wrong things, I want the strength of you to take me in a different direction, away from hell and towards heaven, but also every day to live in love. Love for you, Father love for others. I pray that for them, that they would grab that. And then for all of us who have believed, Lord, will you please, whatever it is that's getting in the way, will you please help us to say yes, which will help us to say no, and may fear never be about any of it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.